Welcome to the Career Lift Podcast, brought to you by the Career Development Center at OSU Cascades. In the same amount of time it takes to ride the lift from base to summit, you will learn and gain advice from industry professionals on how to give your career a lift. Welcome back, Ben Weaves. This episode, we're going to be talking to Elizabeth Mills, who works with the IE3 Global Program in the Office of Global Opportunities at OSU Corvallis. So we're so excited that you're here to share with us the launch of a really exciting program for this next academic year. So first, if you don't mind just sharing a little bit more about your background and role at OSU. Sure, and thanks so much for having me. Um, So I am the Global Internship Manager with OSU's IE3 Global Program. And so we lead a team of uh, program coordinators and support staff, um, and we coordinate 130 internship sites internationally in over 40 countries. So I've been here at Oregon State, let me think, four, almost four years, but I have been in international education for more than 14 years. So a lot of experience in sending students abroad and intercultural communication skills and those types of things. I didn't realize the number of opportunities that were actually available to students. That's really impressive. Yeah, and this is just internships. We have study abroad programs as well. We have faculty-led programs. We have lots of ways for students um, to internationalize their degree at Oregon State. That's great. And so with COVID-19, what has been the hardest challenge brought on by the pandemic, and how have you been able to pivot Everything has been challenging um, about COVID. Um, So our entire traditional program is based on sending students abroad um, and and all the the pieces that go with that. So exploring their, um, you know, exploring the opportunities to go abroad, expanding their intercultural communication skills, getting out of their comfort zone, trying new things. So our entire portfolio has really been based on those types of experiences. And that all stopped when travel was no longer a viable option. So we pivoted by developing a way for students to gain those same skills just without the travel component. Can you share a little bit more about the virtual internship program happening through IE3 this year? Yeah. So using our same host sites, so the same host sites that we have traditionally sent students abroad to do an in-person internship, we've developed opportunities to um, have them engage, have students engage with them, um, same projects, same organizations, albeit remotely. So students, these are four credit opportunities. So students can earn credit while they are um, improving their cross-cultural communication skills, while they're working with international teams while they're gaining an authentic international experience. um, And it's meaningful work that impacts the organization. Have you found that most sites have been able to accommodate and provide remote options? Mm, I would say no, not yet. So this is relatively new for some of our host sites. Some host sites were excited to to jump into virtual opportunities and try it out. And others just aren't as good a fit to do a virtual option. So we really plucked the best choices from our portfolio, developed a virtual option, and um, are offering that to students in this kind of phase one of this opportunity. We hope every term to offer more and more of our host sites as options. Um, it just, uh, it's just there's a lot of factors that go into making a great virtual experience and not all of our host sites are ready to dive into that just yet. Exactly. And sometimes just the transition of responsibilities. I know that we've had a student at the Cheetah Conservancy in Namibia and we've had a student at Mm -hmm. orphanage in Vietnam. And I can imagine that those would be difficult roles to find virtual opportunities for, especially if you're 
in very rural communities that don't have great access to internet or Wi-Fi um, as you're going through it. So I can imagine that it's challenging work on your end and we look forward to seeing what some of the remote options are um, as more of those mm-hmm. come out. That's great. Yep, you're exactly right. Yep. So as we're working with students and assisting them in the process, um, what advice do you have for how students can apply for these international opportunities? Sure. So I should have mentioned, too, that these opportunities are really built for students who are junior status or higher or have um, work experience or life experience behind them. It's really important that students have something really to contribute to these internship sites. So we have great opportunities for first and second year students, but these experience specifically are really tailored for for junior, senior, graduate students. So I I wanted to throw that note in there as well. Um, But students can find our opportunities either through the Oregon State website, but I could recommend just going to ie3global.org. And that is uh, our program website. There they just click through as an Oregon State student um, and in the search bar hit virtual. And then you're going to see the virtual brochure page come up with some, with a grid about all of the majors that we serve with virtual opportunities. application deadlines and more specifics about the program and right there they can hit the apply now button. And with that process how selective is it and are there other things that a student can do to help them stand out through their application? Yeah it's I would say it's selective in that it's not the right fit for every student Um, and so we're selective in, in looking at students really their work style and their personality. So students do need to be mindful and introspective of their own work style. Um, This is not something that's going to be a great fit for a student who likes to work sporadically or in bursts. This is really a better fit for students who um, are able to self-pace, who are organized with their time, they're decent at clearly communicating. Um, Those are some of the skills that we're going to be looking for to to usher students into this program. I would say that this is already going to be a challenge because students are going to have to do this work um, in an intercultural environment. So some of the hiccups that we have with communication on the ground are going to be amplified in an online experience. So we really need students who are going to be okay with a little bit of flexibility and ambiguity, um, learning as they go, be ready for feedback, be ready to adapt. So those are the types of skills that students will be using in this internship and that we're going to be looking for during the interview process. And I would say things to help them stand out would be examples, that they can give during the application or on their resume of work environments that did challenge them in those ways and how they overcame that. So getting experience within a student organization or a student job or any sort of volunteer experience where they did have to work across multicultural teams, where they did have to work through some ambiguous tasks, where they did have to um, um, demonstrate some ability to manage their own time and schedule and be successful with that. That would really help them stand out during the application process. And so flexibility, adaptability, organization, all being transferable skills that are important across the board for them to not only share, but also develop through this experience. And from your perspective, Um, What are some of the main advantages of interning, studying abroad, 
uh, in a what we would have considered a normal environment and experience? And how can a student continue to receive some of those advantages via a virtual program? Sure. So we like to tout that there are many, many advantages um, from all of our learning abroad opportunities, including um, you know, handling ambiguity, being adaptable and flexible, which, by the way, we've all had to learn um, during the COVID experience, um, learning, learning the subtle nuances of cultural communications, um, gaining a non-United States perspective is a real key outcome from these types of programs, um, hearing what other people think about the United States um, with various opinions and thoughts about that. Um, this is also a great opportunity, not only in traditional programs, but in this opportunity as well to practice language skills, both the local language um, and English. I should say most of these opportunities are in English, but there is some nuances to communicating in English with non-English speakers. So this is still an ability to really hone language skills, even if you're not using the host language. Um, so that's, a, that's an important skill. Um, all of these are not only skills that can be gained through our traditional in-person programs, but through the virtual opportunities as well. Yeah, and just a follow-up on that, as I'm kind of thinking through, like, what would a virtual experience look like if you're working for um, a country program um, that's in a completely different time zone? And so, uh, kind of, what are the logistics of those different things? You kind of mentioned language, but um, will there be, like, real-time communication necessary or... Um, yeah, what's that going to look like? Yeah, that's a great question. And a lot of our students who are applying have those same questions. Um, mm -hmm. We are building some materials to help students think about what their day would look like. So say my host site is in Australia. So I would have to think about time zone in Australia. So if I'm going to get real-time communication with my supervisor there, I'm going to schedule meetings earlier in the morning or later in the evening um, with independent work time in the middle. Or if my host site is in the UK, for example, I'd have to think about doing my meetings, you know, uh, an early to mid morning would be there late afternoon. So thinking through um, incorporating that into my class schedule, into my work schedule, into how my normal life works here at Oregon State, um, and thinking about how to fold in, again, that time planning and time management piece in there, taking into account time zones. Yeah. And are there specific OSU programs that are, I know you've kind of had to like divvy up the different programs that you're working with to make sure they make sense. So are they kind of tailored to specific OSU programs or is there a variety of different experiences virtually that a student from any program could find? You know, when we started looking at which host sites would be a good fit, I was surprised by how many different majors were able to support in a virtual environment. So I would encourage students from any major or department to look to see what we have available. And in this first few um, months of, of having applicants into the program, we're doing a lot of tailored fit. So that means a student would apply to us, we'd have an interview with them, we'd talk about what skills they have, what type of experience they want to gain, um, what type of uh, job skills they really want to to strengthen. And then we would go back to our host sites and see what we had available um, that encompassed those skills and outcomes. So this is really um, a tailored experience based on the student skill. And really, we can support a pretty wide variety of majors at this point. 
And can you speak a little bit about the deadlines for each term? Because I believe, have we just passed the deadline for fall term or is that pretty lenient? Well, we did just pass the deadline for fall. Um, so I would encourage students who are considering this type of experience to reach us now um, to start talking about a winter and spring experience. Of course, our traditional programs, we always have our applications open. Their deadlines are there on our website to, to apply for a traditional program. So we encourage students to keep thinking forward that eventually we do hope to resume our traditional programming abroad. But at this moment, really consider if a virtual opportunity would be a good fit. Um, and thinking through if this would be a good fit in winter or spring. Um, and I did mention that these are for credit. So when you're thinking through what your course plan might look like, think about um, incorporating a four credit, six credit, or up to 10 credit internship in that. That was going to be my next question to clarify credits and how do fees work in association with the virtual opportunities? Yep, our program is in line with our eCampus fee structure at Oregon State Corvallis campus. So what our eCampus per credit fee is, is how much the internship would be per credit. And again, internships are available from four to 10 credits. Switching gears a little bit, have you had the opportunity to travel abroad? And if so, where? And then what are one to two lessons you took away from those experiences? I have lived abroad. I've lived and worked abroad in Italy, Japan, and Germany. Um, and I have traveled extensively through Mexico to get practice with my Spanish and um, enjoyed every minute of it. Every one of my team members have traveled abroad and all of my program coordinators have lived abroad. So we use the skills that we learned plus others to coach our students through their experiences. And I would say the most important, I would say above and beyond being able to deal with ambiguity, have the skill to listen to what the ambiguity is telling you. So again, for clarity, ambiguity means you don't know for certain um, what's, what is happening and nothing is exact and you have to interpret kind of things that are happening around you. Um, and I'd say the importance of listening to what the ambiguity is telling you is a key skill to learn. So. Are you listening to, to things that are about unspoken rules in the society? Are you listening to things that are the values or reflecting the values of that culture? Are there unspoken rules about gender or power or um, other hierarchies within that culture that you don't understand yet? What rules in society don't you get because you're not a local um, that are maybe informing the ambiguity that you just don't know yet? And I would say, if you're encountering ambiguity, do more listening and observing and less talking and judging. And generally, you'll get by pretty well and learn some lessons from that. I'd say be flexible is the next big rule. <laughs> I feel like we could do a whole podcast series on your experiences in Italy, Japan, and Germany, and just the cultural differences between those three countries. I can imagine it was very eye-opening and informative and just life-changing for you and everything. These are some of the most transformative experiences that Oregon State offers, in my opinion. And in fact, when you talk to our returning students, they'll say that above and beyond, this was one of the best experiences that they took part in while at Oregon State. So I want to encourage everybody to start thinking about ways to gain cross-cultural experiences. And again, you don't have to actually cross borders to cross cultures. And so there's lots of ways to get some of these skills without having to travel. Exactly. I love that. And we do hear the same things from our students from Cascades, whether they participate in study abroad programs or international internships, such a valuable opportunity to take advantage of. 
Um, and so last question, what is the first place that you would like to travel once we are safe and cleared to do so? <laughs> um, that's funny. We don't ever label international travel as inherently safe. There's always some risk involved with travel. Um, and the job of an informed traveler is to just mitigate those risks. But I would say once we're able to mitigate the risk of COVID, um, I have had Cambodia at the top of my list for years. Um, and I have always wanted to go to that part of the world, to Southeast Asia. I would say other places that are high on my list are Peru, uh, Mozambique, Mongolia, New Zealand. Boy, there are not a lot of places I wouldn't go, to be honest. I really find um, parts of the world very, very fascinating and interesting, and I wouldn't say no to anything, I don't think. Yeah, definitely getting a little bit of a travel bug as we chat right now. So I'm excited <laughs> once, once it is safe to mitigate that risk for sure. But well, thank you again so much for just your willingness to be on this podcast and share a little bit more about that virtual program experience. I think it's definitely a great option for students um, to get kind of that similar experience. And I love what you said of we don't have to cross borders to gain cross-cultural experience. So really, really great. And thank you again so much for your time. Well, thank you for having me.